This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to another edition of The Soul's Journey, Astrology and Channeling with Tom Jacobs. That's me, Tom Jacobs. I'm on the web at tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, an energy worker, and a channel, uh, doing what I can to help you understand how to improve your experience on the planet. One of the things that's uh, deep, deeply ingrained or entrenched, something like that, uh, in in my uh, heart of hearts, my my uh, little littlest heart of hearts, my biggest little heart of hearts, is to um, translate for you what I'm understanding about how to make life better. So that's what the show is really about. So it includes stuff about uh, emotional healing. Uh, psychological insight, looking at archetypal threads, looking at evolutionary astrology in all different kinds of ways, and understanding how to develop a definition of what it means to be spiritual. So anyway, that's kind of an overview of the the two plus years of the show that's been happening right now, uh, thus thus far since late 2012. Um, so today's show is primarily about the Pluto Uranus square, the sixth of seven, which occurs on um, uh, mid-December, and then the seventh one will be mid-March of 2015, and I want to talk about that in terms of um, it being the sixth of the seven squares. So we've already had five, uh, I kind of think of it as this gong that's ringing that will reverberate through your psyche, through your emotional field, through your life, and um, of course, if you have uh, planets and points in your chart directly activate it that way, and I'll read the degrees uh, later as I go, so you can have a reference point for how this has happened, the dates of the degrees. But if you've had something, you know, in, in the early, the first half of cardinal signs, you have been affected, even the first two-thirds of cardinal signs, uh, which are Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, as far as hard aspects, which are, you know, conjunctions, squares, and oppositions. That's really that's really what's going to drive a change with these. Um if you have trines and sextiles in here, you know, those, they're not good aspects as the other ones are bad, but they will um, have a different kind of effect. So primarily I'm going to talk about that sixth of seven squares, um, but I'm also in the beginning here going to do uh, an overview, a little bit of a karmic profile and looking at the chart of uh, entertainer Bill Cosby, who is of course, uh, unless you're living under a rock as I have, uh, <laughs> you know, you may know that he is uh, dealing with, uh, as, trans- as Pluto transits his midheaven, and progress moon nears the IC, and he's having a um, to deal with a lot of allegations about uh, drugging women and raping them. So anyway, so you know, you're, you're like, I was actually just listening to the theme music of this uh, show. I had to go download it again just because I didn't have a copy. Uh, my producer has one, and I was listening to it, and I was like. Wow, that's uh, that's really upbeat. That's really great, you know. And then I am been descending into these Plutonian uh, depths lately, as I've had my, as I discussed last week on the show, uh, solar arc Pluto 
transit tra traveling over my Scorpio sun. So I've been getting into this like like depth and darkness, and maybe the maybe the um, theme show. Maybe I should have like a creepy Halloween music, like a scary organ stuff, uh, playing instead of that upbeat that upbeat thing. That actual um, that song is called New Adventures. And so I think it's kind of it's it does really fit with what I perceive I'm doing here, uh, taking you with me on all the different kinds of adventures, uh, spiritually and consciously and ast astrologically that I do. Um, anyway, so what you don't know yet is that I um, already pre-recorded a karmic profile of Julian Blanc or Blank, the uh, Swiss American pickup artist, who's um, Seminars to teach socially awkward men how to score with women are teaching um, terrible things, awful, misogynistic, violent things. Um, some of it may be blown out of proportion, but some of it is definitely not. And so he's, uh, he's really pissing people off all over the world. And he's at this point, he's been banned from three entering three countries, so he can't uh, travel to the UK, Australia, and Singapore, places he has taught before taught these, uh, these uh, self-help seminars, so to speak. So anyway, so I pre-recorded that, and, there, and that is about Scorpionic themes. It's about sexuality. It's about violence against women. And so anyway, so you're going to hear this brief overview of the Bill Cosby thing before you hear the Julian Blank thing, but you will hear that in the next few weeks, probably by the end of uh, 2014. So um, let me do some announcements before I get into Cosby's chart, and then we'll go full on into the... Uh, Uranus, uh, Pluto square. So until the end of the year, uh, charged stones, charged crystals, specifically tiger iron and brickated red jasper that are on tdjacobs.com. I'm offering free U.S. shipping and and uh, half off international shipping. Uh, sh U.S. shipping is usually about six, so that's free. And then international shipping can be like 12 to 14, sometimes 15 if it's a bigger stone. And so you're going to get half off on that. So until the end of the year, all, uh, all of those orders will get the shipping refunded. So pay for it normally. I'm not going to redo all the, uh, redo all the uh, PayPal buttons individually. So just pay for it like normal. And then when I see the order, I will refund you uh, either all or half the shipping, depending on where you are in the world. Also, people are starting to get their astrocartography sound bites. These are 20-minute uh, MP3. Um, it, it's kind of an overview, but it's actually really in-depth for how you relate to a place. Astrocartography is a, kind of a study of our relationship to place. And the way that I do it, comparing a place to your natal chart, shows you what elements in your psyche are drawn out. What I don't know that I've mentioned, I know the four-minute video on YouTube and on my homepage does not mention this, um, is that... I focus, or I include in my astrocartography readings, all of the asteroids and points that I use in readings. So, for example, lately people have gotten the astrocartography soundbite, and somebody had a, a Juno series on the nadir, on the IC. So that's a power line, Juno and series together. And uh, another person has like a Lilith midheaven. And another person has a Persephone ascendant. So I use all the asteroids plus all of the major planets that I use in astrocartography. So this is a unique twist on this, and it creates a very rich story to explain to you how you relate to place. So you can check those out through, uh, through tdjacobs.com. And if you're looking to establish a daily meditation practice, I offer uh, one set at this point of MP3s, the 22 days of uh, energy work and channeling and meditations that were all combined together, 
or it's kind of like a whole combo thing in October. And those are also available uh, through my site. When you go to my site, you'll see a button that says, uh, go to tdjacobs.com, and you'll see a button that says establish a daily practice. Click on that, you'll take, be taken to the page. And these are profound, profound uh, energy work MP3s. Each one's a little over 20 minutes. There are 22 of them. And it's a, it's a great deal, and you can use them over and over again. So I encourage you to check that out if you're looking to uh, stabilize your experience of yourself as an emotional or physical being, you're looking to clear out energies that don't work for you, clean up relationships, empower yourself in any way, get more clarity on life purpose, find out that you're not alone, because every day on those calls we call in your own spirit guides, so you get in the practice of calling them in, of course with the energy work from Metatron and Jehudi, and the uh, teaching, there's always a, an explanation of something as we do the energy work. To, to change consciousness. So let's jump into um, Bill Cosby's chart. Let me give you the birthday I'm using, which is rated A by, uh, by Rodden. Uh, July 12th, 1937, 12.30 a.m. in Philadelphia, PA. As, you know, when you pull this up, the first thing you're going to notice is transiting Pluto, uh, you know, at 12 on the midheaven, which means Uranus is squaring it from the 12th. And uh, the midheaven's 11 uh, degrees in one minute. Um, that's the first thing that's going to jump out at you, at least it did for me. And then the second thing, as far as you know, current events, being progressed, uh, progressed moon heading to the IC, the nadir. So those are the current events. As far as karmically speaking, um, Pluto's in the fourth house in Cancer. Uh, and it's conjunct Mercury and widely, you know, through Mercury, conjunct Sun. So there's a lot of um, a lot of energy here in the sign of Cancer. Um, but what's what's a couple of other things that are truly interesting to me that I think explain a lot of this story. If it's if these things are true, um, which I frankly have not done a lot of research, I just wanted to comment on how I look at his chart. If I were to evaluate this, if I were you know to study his chart, South Node ruler uh, Mercury, because South Node's in Gemini. Southland ruler Mercury is in Cancer in the fourth, and that, that paints a picture of somebody in many lives who's very focused on emotion and home and family and feels deeply and is probably very sensitive and intuitive, but the Southland ruler is conjunct Sun and Pluto. So there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of issues about attraction, repulsion, desire, ego, you know, how to have the right kind of ego. All these things are going to be wrapped up in this karmic journey because South Node Ruler is how a person shows up in many lives. And so so he shows up as Pluto and the Sun in Cancer, looking to get his needs met. He's a Plutonian Sun figure, so pretty intense. Um, and then also uh, we have Square the Nodes, Moon in Virgo with Neptune in Virgo at 11 and 16 respectively, square the 14 degree Gemini south node. These are in the sixth in Virgo. So um, unresolved issue in many lives is how I look at the square to the nodes, and any square to the nodes. You can figure that you're probably really good at half or a little more than half of the things you need to know in order to navigate the energy successfully. So some people call them skip steps. I don't do that. I think that's erroneous. I think that's completely misguided. Um, I call them, I have to think of them as an unresolved issue regarding how an energy should be approached. What ends up happening, and people ask me all the time about skip steps, and I try to redirect them uh, to, this, to this other way of looking at it, because some people look at, 
you can't get to the you can't go from the south node to the north node without figuring out this skip step. I I don't really get that. I don't really um, subscribe to that in any way. So how I look at it is, you keep tripping over yourself. You keep tripping over your shoelaces, or you keep um, stepping on your own foot or shooting yourself in the foot. Lots of feet references because you kind of fall on your face regarding this energies, regarding these energies. So um, let's say there are seven core principles to understand about a given energy, you know, seven core thematic threads we could say about moon in Virgo in the sixth, just random number. Let's say there's seven. There's a lot more, but he might be very good at three, four or five of them. He might be expert at three, four or five of them, but what he doesn't yet know is what he needs to do to break the karmic pattern of falling on his face. Moon square the nodes says needs. <laughs> it's also safety and uh, security. How do I get my needs met? How can I make myself happy? And of course, Pluto, Sun, Mercury are in the sign of Cancer in the fourth house. So those are both, you know, the, the sign of Cancer in the fourth house is both associated with this moon archetype, part of that moon archetype. So what's the right way to get my needs met? And that's happening, that quite, these questions are happening in the sign of Virgo, which is, how am I supposed to do this right? How can I do this better? And that's in the sixth house, which is a sign, is a house of unequal relationships and trying to be of service. But the more you're of service, the less ego you seem allowed to have. So there's a natural tension in there, having moon in the sixth, square the nodes of, how can I get my needs met? How can I do this? So in him, there's going to be this call for humility, but this need to assert ego. And how does that work right? And that's actually echoed by a couple other things that I'm going to talk about in a, in a minute. And so the moon is conjunct Neptune. So Neptune can be a satellite dish for energy, to be a, you know, for consciousness, to be aware of a great many things, to be able to pick up on a great many things. And it can also sometimes mean uh, boundary issues regarding feeling and emotion. Now, this is in Virgo in the sixth, and so I, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to have a boundary issue about that because, you know, what's in the fourth in Cancer, Sun, Pluto, Mercury, they're two really strong energies, Sun and Pluto, and they're both conjunct south node rulers, so in many lives he shows up carrying those energies very strongly. But also, Moon, uh, Virgo in the sixth, wants control over emotion, control being a key word here. So, um, you know, if the, if these allegations are true, can he can he seduce somebody? Can he charm somebody? Can he, um, so to speak, get what he wants through legitimate means? And I think that part of the part of the sun, or sorry, part of the moon, Neptune, they're both square the nodes. How do I get my needs met without deception? How can I be honest and vulnerable? Because when we live in the sixth house, we're either hardened or we're vulnerable because we're in unequal dynamics. That's the nature of parts of life and, and dynamics that fit with the sixth house. So how can I get my needs met? This is a huge question. And, it, and now two symbol sets, the conjunction of Virgo in the sixth square the nodes, Moon, Neptune, and also the, the stellium in Cancer in the fourth, Sun, uh, Mercury, Pluto. How can I get my needs met? What do I have to do to get my needs met? I'm very clear about my needs. <laughs> How, you know, what do I have to do? That's the, the, what it ends up being is the moon, Neptune, 
in the sixth square of the nodes acting out to some degree. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? So um, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to come back right after the break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is your pal Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And I'm um, looking at Bill Cosby's chart, looking at some of this, um, some of the stuff in his chart that talks about needs and sexuality and um, how he may relate to women and this kind of thing. Um, I do just explore the two things related to the moon archetype, moon, uh, Neptune, and Virgo, sixth square of the nodes, and then sun, Mercury, Pluto. Um, the next place I want to go um, is the the... South node in the second, north node in the eighth. I'm going to cover this very briefly. Um, south node in the second be, uh, can be somebody who's very self-reliant, who is accustomed to doing things on his or her own, great, perhaps a great deal of self-confidence or a great uh, dearth of self-confidence, one or the other. Um, north node in the eighth says, I need to learn about intimacy. And people who have the south node in the second can crave connection. Because a north node in the eighth, which is intimacy, which I'm going to use the, this uh, phrase, uh, this word uh, connection, you know, intimacy involves sexuality as well. Um, it involves uh, finding out through all kinds of human dynamics where I end and where you begin. It Can we merge? Kind of a 12th house thing is to, you know, let, to completely let go of defenses and kind of merge energies. But in the eighth house, we're trying to. <laughs> we're, we're craving connection, the scorpionic energy of the eighth house. How can I, um, how can I have an intense, deep connection? What does it take to build that? So in many lives with North Node in the eighth, he has not been taught how to approach intimacy in a healthy way, period. <laughs> so, so you have Sun, Pluto, Mercury in the, in the fourth. Uh, I have needs, and I know exactly what they are, and I want them. Bottom line, there's no saying, you know, there's no, like basically I can't take no for an answer because I need this that deeply. That's Sun Pluto in Cancer, in the fourth especially. Um, and then working out some of those stuff out through what do I have to do, Moon, Neptune, and the sixth, what do I have to do to get my needs met? Because one thing I didn't mention is that with Moon, Neptune together, um, your Moon can seem sacrificed. Like, Neptune always calls for us to adapt to a greater vision of who we are, a bird's eye view of, of what's really happening. And, and, and the sixth and Virgo always call us to back burner egoic concerns. So this can have somebody hell-bent on getting needs met, but having this diffuse response. So you can say, with this kind of signature, you can say to somebody, hey, this is what I need. And the other person can not quite hear you. <laughs> not that the person is not paying attention, not that the person doesn't care, you know, but it may seem like that because that person might not know how to get through to you because your moon is is vibrating through this large satellite dish of Neptune. So that's something that can happen, you know, and then you get this Virgo control dynamic. He might at times be embarrassed about how much he needs, about the depth to which he needs connection, intimacy, and the sense of safety and security, and, and essentially power, Pluto, Sun, Mercury together. What does it mean to have power? 
So anyway, so that's that's the basic idea. But then the North Node in the eighth sense, he hasn't been taught how to develop true intimacy. He also has Mars in the seventh house in Scorpio with the the asteroid Lilith one one eight one, and um, and that you know planets in the seventh house. I want to build the story together because these are the two relationship houses. Um, planets in the seventh can seem the domains of other people. And actually, all this stuff's coming out as Saturn's been transiting over that Mars, by the way. <laughs> uh, right now, it's in the 8th as it prepares to go into Sag, but it's been in the 7th for, for quite a while for him, since 20 Libra, you know, a couple years ago. So uh, Mars in the 7th, he might, you know, he's got this Pluto-Sun energy and an Aries rising, but Mars is in the 7th, so how to be assertive in a healthy way might be lost on him in some ways. Um, but the North Node in the Eighth is also conjunct the true Black Moon Lilith, uh, and I use ten degrees with hard aspects to the nodes, and so Lilith at five and a half is nine degrees from the four, fourteen and a half uh, degree North Node in Sag. So Lilith is raw, visceral, embodied everything. <laughs> raw visceral embodied approach to healthcare, raw visceral embodied approach to choosing foods, raw visceral embodied uh, approach to sensuality and uh, creativity, as well as uh, sexuality. And there's a rawness that, um, if you follow my work on Lilith, um, which I think a lot of you do because the book sales of Lilith Healing the Wild are the highest of any of my other books, even though I promote others a lot more. Uh, Lilith is really calling out to people in the collective, um, how can I make peace with the, with the feminine? And how can I, you know, uh, slough off the cultural expectation, the cultural uh, demand that I dishonor the feminine within me when I love it, when I have to love it to be sane and healthy? So in some sense, the Lilith process is always individual, a healing process. But uh, I wrote this book, and a lot of people are really uh, – getting a lot out of the collective invitations that I put in there and the individual invitations. So anyway, True Black Moon Lilith, OSC period L, if you if you look it up on astro.com, make sure you're not using the averaged or mean position. The mean position is most readily available. It can differ up to 30 degrees. And as they say in the book, it's like asking a blow-up doll what a woman is like. <laughs> so uh, I know I always laugh when I say that. Not always, but... Uh, I did this time. So, uh, so True Black Moon Lilith on the 8th house north node, I need intense, raw, primal connection. And he was never allowed to have it, not sure how to get it. So this is part of what drives, if this these allegations are true, this is one of the things that would drive it. Craving the raw, the raw thing. Now, when we get into that space of Lilith, Lilith, when healthy absolutely knows without doubt that she can say yes and no when appropriate. She lives consciously grounded fully in her body in our lower chakras. And that, that's a second chakra affirmation. I, always, I have the right to say yes and no when appropriate. Yes, please, and no thank you when appropriate. That's a second chakra affirmation. That's a truth that will vibrate open the second chakra, by the way. If you sit in meditation and do that enough, your life will change. Because most people don't say yes and no when appropriate. Just think about that. Think about you and your own life. Most people don't do it. You, you probably don't do it. For whatever reason, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. You don't want to seem selfish. You know, you don't want to seem self-interested. You know, you don't want to um, uh, hurt somebody's feelings. You don't want to um, be the center of attention. You don't want to be needy. Well, say yes and no to little things in your life and your whole life will change. 
There's always going to be a if when somebody doesn't say it all the time, there are huge things in his or her life that are affected. And if I say this to, to when I say this to clients, people think about the biggest thing, and I say, don't focus on the biggest thing yet. Focus on the little thing. Like um, like your partner always wants to see uh, romantic comedies, and they churn your stomach. Say, you know what? I really don't want to watch them all the time. <laughs> That's saying no in a small way. So anyway, you you say you say uh, yes and no and appropriate that strengthens things. But like, but so he's actually looking for Lilith. He's craving Lilith energy, sexual wild woman. But his Mars is in the seventh. He might not know how to do that healthily. Moon square the nodes. He might not know how to do that healthily. And Pluto, Sun, Mercury, and the fourth in the Cancer. He may not always know how to communicate the depths to which he feels and or wants something. So this Lilith is one of the major factors here too. But he's if he's drugging women to have sex on them, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it better, then he's essentially not doing this North Node healthily, very obviously, but he's also not meeting Lilith. When If you, if you crave to meet Lilith, you need to be prepared to meet an actual woman who may say no to you, who may say, don't bring that aggression to me. If you can turn it into passion, go right ahead. You know, a healthy Lilith woman might look at somebody with a lot of repression and say, when you own that, call me. Like when you own your frustration, when you own your fear, doesn't mean you have to completely process everything, but when you own it, Call me. So anyway, he's not he's not getting that far if he's drugging women and then having sex all over them. So that's a huge part of the story here. And of course, Saturn is going to transit over the true black moon and then over the north node. So, you know, and, and with Pluto on the midheaven and Uranus from the 12th squaring the midheaven, uh, with Saturn going over these things, there is this reality check intensity of, of, of what's happened. Now, if he's not... Uh, somebody who did these things if he didn't and i have no idea um i'm not even like checking in with his, with uh, his energy field and reading him i'm not even doing that i'm just trying to give you a sense on how to look at this in a, a, you know an evolutionary astrology analytical fashion thing thingy but if he did then this is a reckoning right if he didn't then he's doing something that leads to this suspicion that he's going to have to face. So either way, it's facing the energy or the activity, right? Either the choices and the behavior or the energy within him, he has to face it. Reality check. That's a Saturn transit. And then, of course, eventually Uranus will transit over the mid, over the Ascendant at 20. Um, I guess maybe this year it's going to station there. Within the next calendar year, it will station uh there on the ascendant, then it's going to go back into the twelfth. So that's starting. Like, how can he reinvent himself? How can he tell the truth? How can he, uh, you know, have a sudden change in how he appears? Of course, right now it's negative. He may be able to vindicate himself or whatever. Who knows? Um, but then what I also wanted to oh, and then of course progress moon in Cancer now two and a half degrees from the IC from the Nadir from the fourth house. It's going to pass over the stellium in Cancer. When it gets down here, soul searching is in order. Soul searching. Whether he did the things or not, soul searching is in order. He needs to figure out how he really ticks. So, and there's going to be a need to integrate the reality of those three planets between 19 and 28 Cancer, Sun, Mercury, Pluto, 
and and uh, also progressed ascendant is a uh, two and a half degrees before the sun right now so over the next you know few years that's going to be leading up to that and so there's going to be a need for his inner self to become apparent while he processes the depth of it you can also think of the progress ascendant as you can't help but have something revealed and as it crosses the uh, IC, and for him it was a number of years ago, something internal becomes apparent. Think about that. The ascendant is what you show. Progress ascendant is your evolving way of showing who you are, but you can't help it. When it, when it touches a planet, that planet comes out. When it crosses the, the IC a number of years ago, um, you know, something about his inner world needed to become expressed and probably couldn't help but be expressed. And the last thing I want to talk about, um, and, and these two archetypes, this is um, one of the reasons why I mentioned um, the uh, that dude, Julian Blank, uh, because these two archetypes I'm about to talk about figure prominently in that MP3, or in that uh, uh, show you're going to hear, the karmic analysis of him, and ha how he is a poster boy, boy, <laughs> 25 years old, a uh, poster boy for collective issues about violence against women, about anger against women, you know, putting women in, putting the, the, the collective of women over the last 6,000 years during patriarchal uh, religious inspired culture, patriarchal religion inspired culture, I'm sorry, I was messing up where the hyphen was as I spoke, um, were, you know, putting them in a box and then hating them for not being Lilith and then craving Lilith and then, you know, just this whole, this whole garbage, which Lilith Healing the Wild definitely goes into. And uh, also the the uh, multi-hour Lilith Intensive, which is available through my site as well, uh, goes into that very deeply uh, with somebody who has Lilith in the first. <laughs> so it's kind of a kind of an intense thing. It's very good. Uh, Eros, creative passion, sexual passion, and Nessus. Eros at 25 Aries, Nessus at 29 Aries in the first house. So uh, Nessus is about living in two worlds. I am an animal. But I'm living in polite society and I have to control myself. <laughs> How do I allow my instincts? With Eros and Aries, not that far from the Aries Ascendant, this is a big, um, big, loud <laughs> uh, thing about sexuality, about assertiveness, about what, it, about what he wants. So um, this, these are not, um, well, actually, they're both square Pluto. Otherwise, they're they're not they're not in cahoots with the uh, with the nose, but they're square Pluto and the south node ruler Mercury, and also square Sun. So, so this is part of the driving force of this of this behavior. If this is what if he's guilty of this, so um, you know, Eros is passion. Nessus is another marker of passion, and and the sometimes confusion and suppression, confusion about what to do with passion, and then suppression of passion. Whatever is suppressed comes out later messed up. <laughs> whatever is, uh, whatever is dis uh, suppressed comes out distorted, I think is how Jeff Green talks about it when I mention it in the uh, Julian Blank uh, show. And uh, so what he needs, Cancer in the fourth, square Eros Nessus in the first. So essentially, he's actually going, in some lives, there's a karmic pattern of finding women saying no and then trying to figure out how to get his needs met anyway. That's one of the things that comes up here. With Julian Blank, it's a little different. It's not women saying no, it's like women ridiculing him and saying you're you're nothing. So he develops these these strategies, as you'll hear in that MP3, South Node Ruler Mercury and Libra opposing uh, Eris, 
and Eros in uh, Aries. So anyway, this is part of the thing with Cosby is um, how do I get my needs met? And what it can do is it can lead someone to be timid or it can lead to somebody being overly aggressive or trying to figure out the right balance between them. And if you're timid, then you can develop self-hatred for not being authentic and assertive. If you're over, overly aggressive, you can develop self-hatred because you're, you feel like you're doing something wrong or you're not doing it right. So anyway, all this stuff builds up and self-hatred comes out of hate you know, as hatred of others, if he feels like he has to control himself because of these aspects, then what is natural will come out distorted later, and that may be the result, you know, this may be the result of this string of, uh, of uh, you know, drugging women's wine or drink and then, uh, and then uh, having sex all over them or raping them. So anyway, that's a deal on Bill Cosby, uh, for, what, for, what, for, <laughs> for what it's worth. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Let me move on um, to talk about the Pluto-Urana squares, and of course, they're, they're activating his chart, and the charts of many people. So we're about to have the sixth of seven squares. It's going to be at 12 and 35 minutes, 12 degrees, 35 minutes of uh, Aries, Capricorn, Uranus, and Aries, right now retrograde, Pluto and Capricorn, right now direct. And uh, as I've talked about on the show and in my blog and in different uh, outlets in the past few years, it started in the spring of um, 2012. Let me just give you the dates. It started, uh, oh, actually in June. looks like June of 2012. Uh, I, I say spring because I taught a class in April that was about Eris in people's charts being affected by the Pluto-Uranus squares. Uh, so I have it in my head that it was in the spring. But it's in the summer, uh, June 24th at... Uh, at about eight and a half Aries Capricorn. And then uh, September 19th, 2012, May 20th, 2013, November 1st, 2013, April 21st, 2014, now December 14th or 15th, and then mid-March, March 17th, uh, 2015. And the degrees in order, eight and a half degrees, just under seven degrees, 11 degrees, nine and a half degrees, 13 and a half degrees, now with the sixth one, 12 and a half degrees, and then 15 degrees, Aries Capricorn. So you can see like between 8 and 15. Uh, so you can figure if anything in the first, you know, 20, 23 degrees of, uh, of uh, Capricorn and Aries or any cardinal sign have been affected thus far. So the basic idea, which you can also, I encourage you to read my blog posts. Look for, there's a lot of posts on Pluto. So when you go in there, look look up the, the category or tag Uranus and you'll definitely see them. Scroll back a bit. But I know that I, I did put a Uranus together and uh, it's easy to find those during, during looking up Uranus in my blog at tdjacobs.com. So Uranus and Aries wants us to free ourselves from convention, from anything that um, constricts us, wants us to set ourselves free from expectations of others, from conditioning, in order to be truly authentic, which is to be fully alive, fully creative, and manifesting our realness in the world through identifying, fostering and nurturing and growing, feeding our own personal genius, our own uh, vision of what the world can look like, what our lives and the world can look like. And then... Uh, being of service in a humanitarian way, ultimately, once we've developed that genius, because we see something, we're ahead of the curve in some way regarding Uranus energy, and then we can see how it's useful, but other people might not get it quite yet, so we can bring it to them once we figure everything out, as long as we're not critical of them 
for not seeing it already <laughs> and you know for us criticizing them for being slow or stupid or whatever unconscious was my thing in the grocery store the other day <laughs> just people not paying attention to where they are and i want to just stop and say you're in a body on earth like wake up i used to do that all the time when i was driving i would um just say in my head to people hey you're in a body on earth like hey wake up you're in a car you're driving like wake up uh people not paying attention or whatever listening to uh ctr podcasts i don't know what they're doing but anyway um but Uranus wants this individuation, this freedom, and we have to get rid of what confines us when Uranus calls. So I'm going to um, put a pin in that. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back after this break. Back to the soul's journey. This is Tom Jacobs, evolutionary astrologer, energy worker, and channel on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in Tucson, Arizona, in the U.S. And um, talking about the Pluto-Uranus squares. Uh, this, this. Uh, so I talked about what Uranus wants. Now, what Pluto wants is for us to restructure our lives, and that sounds noble and wonderful. And what it actually looks like is. Existing structures being bulldozed and failing to work and crumbling and crumbling into dust as it runs through our fingers and we're looking down at our hands in despair. What we have to understand with Pluto transits is that if it's dying, it's ready to die. A lifestyle, an attitude, a way of uh, relating to yourself an idea of who you are, a job, right? Your participation in a community endeavor, your relationship. If it's dying, it's ready to die. So your attachment to things is a lot of what your experience of a Pluto transit will be defined by. Are you willing to change? And Pluto says, you cannot help but change. There's no choice. So uh, Pluto and Capricorn, again, about structures. I, I, I often talk about this in terms of where somebody has seemed to give his or her power. And when that phrase comes up, where I've given my power, where you've given away your power, when that phrase comes up, there's sometimes some this um, indignation, this righteous indignation, like, gosh, you can't take my power from me, and kind of this, you know, you what, what? you can't do that, and kind of this uh, being incensed that somebody else has taken your power. Pluto and Capricorn, right, from, uh, from uh, early 2008 to, you know, for another, you know, for 15, 16 years to like 2024, is asking you to understand that nobody has taken your power away from you. You have given it. You have ceded your power to somebody else. So Pluto and Capricorn says, who's in charge of your life and how did you let it get that way? You know, it's like, who's in charge of your life? We might say, oh, the memory of my mother, or, you know, or oh, the constant criticism of my spouse or whatever. No, 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 no. It's not about that other person. Like under no circumstance is that about other people. 
your willingness to give up your power is everything. Your willingness to let somebody else make a decision for you is the point. So Puda wants structures that you have used as conduits to leak energy, leak power, leak your personal divine power of making choices, your divine power of exercising free will, and manifesting, Capricorn, manifesting your best visionary help, uh, self, Pluto and Capricorn, you have used certain vehicles to get rid of that power, to leak it, so you don't have to deal with the fact that you are incredibly powerful because you don't want to have to deal with the choices, the, the, uh, the results of choices that may be painful. So Pluto and Capricorn says, you have given this up. You did this. Now, if you, dear listener, are willing to withhold judgment and just own it soberly, then you can actually do something about it and rebuild something in the place of what's being raised. What's being bulldozed, that's the word I always use for Pluto transits. So that's the idea. Now, the square is always tension and friction. Square is about 90 degrees. And of course, as I'm talking about that, you know, those seven dates at seven different degrees, that is when they are exact. But of course, we're in, you know, <laughs> three, three and a half, four years of them being an aspect together, maybe a little longer if uh, my math, my, you know, if the math is, uh, I, I Whatever. Anyway, so we're in a several-year process of having this thing about freedom versus structure, you know, genius versus existing power structures, all that stuff being in play. So, where, what, who are you really? What are you? What are your choices? What do you want your life to be? What effect do you want to have on the world? What outmoded structure are you willing to give up to make that happen? What relationship, what idea of who you are, what job, what commitment have you maybe made in, with a younger, less wise version of yourself? What commitment have you made that keeps you from inhabiting your most powerful divine self? And then what are you willing to do to let what needs to go die? So when you're suffocating and Uranus transit happens, a Uranus transit occurs, you need to free yourself, get elbow room, break free of those confining chains of expectation, obligation, or commitments you made decades ago. Because when you made that commitment, you were not needing to be free. You made that commitment, you established a new status quo, now you need to be free, right? And then when Pluto comes around, as I said, what needs to die is ready to die. The combination of that in friction, a square, 90 degrees, with the, you know those two energies in friction, and they're slow moving, right? Several years of this process. Your, if your life in 2016 looks like it did in 2011, you missed something. If you think of the same thing about free will, <laughs> about who you are, about what you want your life to be like, about how honest you are, the level to which, on which you are honest with yourself, about your true nature, if that is the same in 2016 as it was in 2011, 
you did something to avoid transformation. So what are you willing to do to be fully who you are? What do you want your life to be like? What gift do you want to embody and bring to others or the world? The process, essentially when this starts building, probably before 2011, but just saying 2011, just a year before the exact, the first exact square was exact. The process from 2011 to 2016 is a series of, as I said earlier, like these seven gongs, very serious gong noises of like ringing a bell is how it comes through to me, is how the, the image comes through. And the bell is, wait a minute, this, this can't be my life. Seven serious, sobering, somber gongs, right? Bells that are supposed to catalyze you to let go of some image of who you should have been. Now, most of us, many of us, are afraid of change. And then this is why some souls have some have their human selves sign up to be overtly Plutonian because Plutonian people carry the energy of transformative change. And I'm one of these people. It's mostly not fun, but I've, I've, I've figured out how to make it most, somewhat fun. But sometimes it's not fun, just say it that way. Maybe, maybe it's about 50-50 right now. It used to be terrible because just my presence would make people uncomfortable because I was feeling something that triggered something in them. I was like carrying this Plutonian energy. As I mentioned on the show last week, uh, I have Venus right on the Libra Ascendant, so I look sweet and soft, but as soon as you get close to me or talk to me for more than three or four minutes, you find Pluto dragged into the Ascendant from the 12th house. Pluto's seven degrees from Venus right on the Ascendant, so it gets dragged down. So you approach me, you think I'm Venus, you actually get Pluto. You get Plutoed when you think you're going to get Venus. You get both, but but the the flavor of Pluto certainly can distract a lot of people from uh, you know from the depth of that Venus energy. But anyway, so you know I I uh, this is like this is like home terrain for me. Asking these questions, this is what I talk about with my guides all the time. This is what I look at in my own life. Who are you? What are you willing to do to let that actually be true? That kind of thing. And so people who carry strong Pluto energy may be finding a lot of, not comfort, but a lot of resonance in the challenges that many people are facing. Like Plutonian people sometimes need drama too. And we're hearing about everybody having drama, big changes that people are experiencing. It's a lot about Pluto Uranus squares. And um, so you have to look at what you're willing to do to allow yourself to be precisely who you are wired to be. Nobody else is going to validate the truth of who you are. And I think this is one of the major things about the Pluto Uranus squares as a set of seven events. 
finding out, realizing nobody that you ever met, that you know now, or that you ever could meet can validate the truth of who you are. I say the truth of who you are. What I mean is, who are you really? What vision do you have of your life? What gift do you want to embody? All that stuff. I firmly believe that, I mean, this is one of the product, what I'm about to explain is one of the products of in-depth meditation on the human condition. Like, you know, it's like every, that kind of, that kind of ends up being a headline sometimes, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 read the human condition. Uh, because when I do intense transformative kind of work on myself regarding a certain theme or regarding a certain issue. And often what I learn, then a guide or Jehudi or Metatron, the Ascended Master or the Archangel I work with, will help me turn that into something that seems relevant for other people, you know, to kind of take my experience and turn it into a teaching tool of some kind. And um, one of the things that I come away with after several years of doing that, what I keep getting is that each person, each human, each individual behind fear, pretense, wounding, uh, resentment, bitterness, behind holding a grudge, behind feeling betrayed and being hurt, behind pain, because anger, resentment are all responses to pain. Behind pain and fear, say it that way, that's better, I like that, <laughs> is the desire to be of transformative service, to be an agent of transformative change for another, for the collective, for others, for the world. This is Pluto. I relate Pluto to the empowerment journey that each soul has its human, uh, has each human self experiencing. How can I become strong and confident? How can I become powerful? Well, I have to reinvent what a definition of power is because if I do it in worldly terms, if I have this money, if I have this um, position or this property or these connections or whatever, the status and respect, then I feel powerful. All those things change and go away. So, so if I do it through material means, I will be I will be disempowered. If I develop power from the inside out, then I'm carrying the 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 absolute unflinching self knowledge, absolute unflinching self acceptance. This is true self love, the deepest, most powerful kind of self love. The, doing that connects you to the wisdom of soul. Soul is divine love. If you can get to the place where you can accept your ugly parts, bitterness, jealousy, rage, anger, resentment, fear, hatred, if you can, if you can uh, love those parts of you, then you are divinely powerful. And when you're in that space, you want to make a difference. When you own power... If it's attached to material means, you might get greedy. Of course, we don't we don't want to be all these negative Plutonian things: greedy, jealous, so ambitious we step on people, whatever you know, possessive, clingy, uh, monomaniacal, so driven. Think about the the lead character in um, There Will Be Blood, this movie, several from a few years ago. Uh, so, you know, so driven this Plutonian archetype. If we actually own our power in a non-material way, there's nothing to be afraid of. Because then you realize that you own all parts of yourself and you can act from a place of love. You've heard me talk about over the last you know year or so about the barking dogs 
where I live. I have a lot of clients and students will comment that they've heard me talk about on the show. And uh, I've turned a corner. I've turned a corner, and it took several months for that corner to be turned. And while, while it was being turned, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Now I know. I can do whatever I want. Well, what do I want to do? And then they're competing desires, but which vibrates, which desire vibrates is true. It's the one that creates a better world. It's not the one that creates any kind of destruction or violence. So when you own power defined as not material, right? when you own a non-material based power, that is true power. And you don't have to have any fears about what might happen next. You don't have to hold yourself back from being creative because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't have to hold yourself back from being authoritative, from being sexual, from being loud, from being playful, from being childlike, no matter how old you are, from being wise, no matter how old you are. You don't have to hold yourself back because you know precisely what makes you tick. You've cataloged all the voices. So Pluto Uranus squares, it is about owning who you are and one layer of that, as far as being this fully authentic thing and, and, and owning your power, is to take it back from cultural expectations of what power means, Pluto and Capricorn. So stock market crap starts in 2008. <laughs> you know, the, the kind of the bubble, housing bubble, whatever, the fall, fail of banks, whatever, too big to fail, all this crap. You know, and then the whole like, ugh, 1%, 99% camping out on the, ugh, okay. All that stuff happens, right? This is all, pre this is all based in a model that they have taken power from you. Well, you gave your power. So what are you going to do to take it back? It's not about them. What are you going to do to own your energy? What are you going to do to own the energy that you create? Put on a squares are tense time for several years of the push, and it is push, it's tectonic plate pushing. It's not something behind you. It's like grinding within you and around you to create dynamic change, to leave behind what doesn't work, to fully inhabit who you are. Right around the time of the first square, I put out a short ebook that's available on Kindle uh, about the the Pudirana Square. So you can you can check that out if you're interested. Uh, this takes us to the end of our show. I'm I'm totally in this uh, wave, this total Pluto wave. Uh, but now it's time to go. So thank you for joining me. This is Tom, this is Tom Jacobs. Uh, I'm on the web at uh, tdjacobs.com. Uh, next week's uh, show. Uh, well, I'm just gonna have to play with it. I have a schedule, but also I just did that Julian Blank thing. So we'll see what happens. But uh, definitely join me. Join me next week. Um, and I'm on the web at tdjacobs.com. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's T-D, 
J-A-C-O-B-S dot com.